0: Oh, I forgot to tell you, put the mic closer to your mouth.
1: Oh, I was going to sit forward, don't worry.
0: It gets uncomfortable, so I suggest yeah. getting yourself comfortable in the chair and like, sit back, because otherwise you find you're going to be doing this. I
1: feel like this mic should buy me dinner when we're done. <laughs> it's nice, right?
0: All right, so technical <laughs> difficulties aside, we had a few minutes late start because our production department it's faltering <laughs> we shouldn't say that on a podcast right your digital no, media man, I mean, it
1: shows that you're human
0: <laughs> so yeah and our high budget here our high budget program so anyway i'm here with i'm actually really excited about this conversation because um, i met with her a couple of weeks ago and you know how you meet those people that k- crisscross in your life right and there's certain people that you feel like there's going to be some more to that and i'm going somewhere with this but It's crazy, like in the last six months or so, I've had honestly like five to six really crazy interactions with people that have turned out to be just tantamount to cascades of bigger things for everybody. So um, I don't know why, there's something about meeting you the couple weeks ago that was like, something else to this meeting, we should explore this, so thank you. So anyhow, all that being aside, I just rambled, I'm here with Katie Ryan, she is the executive director uh, nonprofit extraordinaire for 24 Hours of Booty, which yeah. um, I just kind of recently discovered, and I've been in Charlotte for almost 13 years. So hi, thanks for joining me. Hello,
1: thank you for having me.
0: So I've done a little bit of research on 24 Hours of Booty, did a little research on you. Um, can you just kind of, in a quick encapsulation, because we're going to dive deeper into it, what is 24 Hours of Booty? Because... Angela, who works with me, was just sitting out there, and she had never heard of it. So there's a boatload of young people here in Charlotte that over the last 10 days since I met you, I have asked. So some people were like, oh, yeah, that's the really cool bike race. But other people were like, what is that? So go.
1: Okay. So 24 Hours of Booty, um, we just had the 18th event. So it's been around for 18 years. It got its name because the booty loop here in Charlotte off of Selwyn and Queens Road West, it's about a three-mile loop. It brings thousands of walkers, runners, and cyclists you know, to that area every week. So back in the day, Spencer Luters, our founder, decided that he wanted to do something to create more, com- more of a conversation around cancer and the way that we can all impact, positively impact our community. So he decided he'd you know, get on his bike and ride the booty loop for 24 hours. He was a cyclist, um, at the time was working as an attorney. And he had had his own personal experiences, not himself, but others in his family, his father, that had been impacted by cancer. Um, Lance Armstrong was also a big hero of his. Um, And at the time, Lance was really strong in the cycling community and had started Livestrong. So Livestrong was the first beneficiary of 24 Hours of Booty. And it just grew from there as people saw what Spencer was doing. Um, More and more people came. And within the first couple of years, it was selling out, which is a, a max ridership of about 1,200 people. Um, you know, The organization as a whole is now known as 24 Foundation because we do have events in places other than Charlotte where 24 Hours of Booty doesn't necessarily play as well. I mean, I think it sounds like a good time no matter where you mm-hmm. live, but you know, that's, that's why it's 24 foundations in the name of the organization, but booty here. Yeah. I mean, we definitely want more younger people to get involved. The average age of our participants is 43 to 47. You know, we have, um, kids as young as six that participate all the way up to, we had a 94 year old man this year. And, um, just to kind of describe what it is that we do, we raise money for cancer navigation and survivorship programs. So, so what does that mean? Cancer navigation is anything that helps you navigate the maze of appointments and the impact of chemo or radiation, the impact on your job, you know, helping you live your best life throughout your cancer treatment and hopefully when you come out the other side and also offering tools to help those that care for you. Um, The caregivers are often forgotten in all of this. So we raise money each year, usually somewhere around 1.8 million dollars, and then we offer grants to local cancer navigation nonprofits who are probably lesser known. We consider ourselves a subject matter expert, and um, that money goes straight back into the community to direct programs in that year, helping people right now. So you know, we'll get asked the question, "Why don't you give money to research or, or treatment?" Um, and it's really because navigation, that's a space where there's not enough support. And so what if, what if you're, th- this is something that we're dealing with right now. Single mother of four, diagnosed with a stage four cancer, no longer able to go to work. How do her sk- kids get to school? How does she pay her mortgage? How does she find the resources available to her? Well, she calls us and she did. And, and we've been working with our other partner organizations to help get our mortgage paid, to help get some transportation help, to help get food on their table.
0: So the $1.8 million that you referenced, that's an annual raise just from the race itself?
1: Yeah, and we call it an event, it's not a race, um, because it's not competitive, and people can do as, as much or as little as they want. So we have events right now in Indianapolis and in Charlotte, and um, the combined total is around $1.8 million. Got it. And so um, – you know when people hear 24 hours of booty or just know that it's a 24 hour cycling event you know that in itself is a barrier to entry for some folks because they think they have to participate for the full 24 hours we have some folks that come out and just do the survivor lap you know the first lap when we kick off it's 7 p.m. on Friday to 7 p.m. on Saturday is is the time frame for you? Would
0: you say it was a three and a half mile uh, loop? It's a three mile loop. Three mile loop. And
1: okay. it's a little bit shorter than that in Indy. In Indy, it goes through the Butler campus, Butler oh, like. University, mm-hmm. and here in Charlotte, it does that booty loop, Queens Road West, Selwyn, um, coming up around where Providence, Providence make a 90 degree turn.
0: Is that um, intentional that you have university involvement with that, or is that just kind of the neighborhood that it ended up in?
1: It's kind of the neighborhood it ended up in. I mean, here in Charlotte, it just made sense because um, 24 Hours of Booty is really a it's it's a festival of sorts. So, like I said, some people come out and they only ride one lap. Um, Other folks come out and they ride as many miles as they possibly can. Um, You know, we had um, Jennifer Dilworth Hines this year uh, ride 300 miles. Um, Dave Schultz usually comes to honor his his wife who passed away and. His current spouse who's battling cancer, he usually rides around 300 miles. And then, and then other folks get out there who it's the only time in the year that they're on a bike and they're on a beach cruiser and they're dressed as a superhero, like our Cape Crusaders, and, and they're, they're out there doing their thing. Um, so, you know, that combined total of those dollars go back into the communities where the
0: funds are raised. So, so uh, my first exposure to it was I was dropping my daughter off. She was volunteering, and I was actually blown away. I didn't even realize what it was. But in the in the uh, lawn area where the school mm-hmm. is, there were massive amounts of tents set up, and it was kind of like a, a headquarters site for a large concert, um, yeah, in a way, because that- there was live music up on the stage, and so it's it is an event. It's more of a festival. How did the concept in of itself? did it evolve? Was it always that? or
1: it it evolved. I mean, I think the whole idea is to get people together mm-hmm. um, to celebrate hope and healing. And people come to this event for all sorts of different reasons. You know, some of our top fundraisers are there because they've had a horrible tragedy tragedy um, in that they've lost children to cancer. Other folks are there because their spouse is currently battling cancer or or they, Um, Just recently received a cancer diagnosis, or they've come through the other side. You know, one of the organizations that we support, Wind River. um, You know, Shannon Carney and her husband. um, She was diagnosed with cancer in the very early days, and after she went through that journey, she was an attorney. She retired from that job. They moved to the mountains, and they run a cancer retreat nonprofit now. You know. And so it's that sort of magic that happens at the, this event. Um, we have a couple that's now having a baby. They're both cancer survivors, and they met at Booty. So, yeah, it's a huge festival. There is a big tent area. Um, it, we call it Bootyville. So, you know, people come. They camp the whole 24 hours. We have access to showers, um, you know, really any of the amenities that you'd need through our partnership with Queens University. And we do have bands. We have things in the morning when you wake up. There's yoga. There's Tai Chi. Um, there's fun things like a dunk tank. You know, there's any number of different things. We have a huge kid zone, which is where your daughter volunteered with my stepdaughter um, this year. And the kid zone has bounce houses and face painting and all those sorts of things. So, really, it's, it's a great, fun family experience. And you can make it what you want.
0: One of the things that shocked me, because I play soccer over there at that same field on Saturday mornings, and one of the things that shocked me about the event in of itself is the, it seems that the community there, is that the Myers Park, is that what you would call yeah. that area? It seems that the the Myers Park community in of itself has really embraced it. As you drive around, earlier in the day, you, know, you could see people outside in their yards setting up lemonade stands and water stands and all sorts of stuff. And normally, I may get in trouble for saying this, but normally in some neighborhoods like that, they're more private about their space. And when I say neighborhoods like that, very affluent neighborhoods. They're, uh, they're Myers
1: Park 28, 28207, where this event takes place. It's the wealthiest zip code in Charlotte. Yeah, so, so. they're
0: normally a little more particular yeah. about who kind of vacations and r- runs bicycles 24 hours. So that was the first observation I had about that. I was like, Wow, there's something <laughs> different about this event, because all these wealthy people are allowing complete strangers to bicycle through their neighborhood for 24 hours. Yeah, and we're
1: shutting down their streets. Uh, they can't get in and out of their homes. Yeah, it's
0: kind of inconvenient uh, to navigate it's through. It's super inconvenient. Because the police so, shut down the whole block Oh yeah. basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: They're essentially on lockdown. Um, you know, that relationship has evolved. I think when it first started, there was, you know, perhaps a little bit of frustration about, you know... Why does this have to be for 24 hours? I mean, we're one of the last events, if not the only one. We're, we're grandfathered into this permit. So we would never be able to get something like this somewhere else in Charlotte where we can shut down the roads for 24 hours, at least not in an area where you know, it has the right sort of special sauce Absolutely. that the booty loop has.
0: Especially now with everything going under construction all over the city, mm-hmm. getting those sort of permits would be almost an insurmountable task.
1: Yeah, in so head. we're really lucky. Um, and the neighborhood, the Homeowners Association has stepped up and said what can we do to help change the course of cancer. And it's it's incredible. And so we actually have prizes and awards and yard signs that go out every year for the best house party. I love that. So it, when you walk the loop or ride the loop, I mean, the parties are crazy. I mean, we have someone each year that I won't give out the address, but if you want to come check it out, you know, the event's July 24th next year, which is perfect cuz it's the 24th, but we have we have this um, family that throws a party and they put this big rubber slide down from their roof into the front yard a- and you slide down, and, you know, uh, all, all that I see is liability. I hope you got an insurance <laughs> waiver for that. But I love that they do it. Um So
0: it's like some of those neighborhoods you go through on Halloween where they just take it up a notch and they convert their entire yard into a haunted house. It's an experience. Yeah, it is.
1: Um, and, and you know, because here in Charlotte, it's a little different in Indy, but here in Charlotte, the whole festival part is behind Myers park traditional and behind Queens off of Wellesley. So our start line is at the corner of Queens road, West and Wellesley. So for our participants, as they come on and off the loop, they they leave that festival experience behind where there's super high energy there's music there's the food tent there's everybody camping having a good time we also have campsite competitions so you probably saw i mean it's like one big rockin' party that's what um, that's the vibe i got even though alcohol yeah. is not allowed but um but as st- i wink no. yeah i know i'm like <laughs> i didn't see that i didn't hear it um but The house parties are a huge part of keeping the energy up because if you've made a commitment that you've decided I'm going to ride X number of miles, well, you're not going to get much of that internal festival experience. So we rely heavily on our neighbors in that community to, to really keep the energy high, and they do.
0: It reminded me, and I think I told you this before when we met, it reminded me a lot of in San Diego, they do the rock and roll marathon. Uh-huh. Similar concept. But yours had a different, more intimate vibe to it mm-hmm. uh, the bicycle marathon. Um, while it's really cool, it's, it covers a massive amount of area and it's very patchy in terms of where people are stationed. Mm-hmm. But yours. Because I kind of walked it or drove it in my car, that area before. Yeah, good luck. Just to see what it was. like. It was probably a
1: circuitous route. Yeah, it was insane. (laughs) But
0: you could just see there was so much community involvement, and there were kids out and Mm -hmm. about. And in the medians of the road, there were people serving um, liquids and beverages, and there was just like people cheering and all that sort of stuff. It was pretty intense. So um, just backing up, if a participant is signed up, just so I can better understand it, because I was trying to explain it, and I was getting kind of in the crossroads on that. So... I have a team of six, mm-hmm. and we sign up to, to register in the, in the event. In terms of first getting started fundraising, how does that process work? How do we actually get money in your pockets for this event? Okay,
1: so this is a classic peer-to-peer fundraising event. What Got that it. means is that you sign up, you pay a 75 – here in Charlotte, you pay a $75 registration fee.
0: For the event. That for gets the you, event, you and your team that, in.
1: That, that gets you as an individual in. So $75 a person. $75 a person. Okay. So, and that's for adults it it tears down so that we can make it more accessible to families this was one of the first years that we did that so it's a $75 registration fee for adults and then you have to commit to raising $400 and that's the minimum which you know for a lot of folks that aren't familiar with fundraising that sounds like an insurmountable, you know, insurmountable amount of money but we give you all the tools and the training and the resources that you need to go out and raise that money. So uh, upon registration, you're given a link to our Classy platform. That's the name of the fundraising platform. And then there, from there, you can create your own page. You can get a link to send out via text or email to family and friends. You know, we had a great suggestion from someone that I spoke to yesterday, actually, that we're going to now start bringing in businesses that are willing to do a portion of proceeds for different teams. So well, now the like, like like teams. Ma- like a
0: matching value sort of Yeah,
1: sort or, you know... Companies that would be willing if, if an individual or a team came in and said, hey, you know, I want you to support this organization. Here's what they do and why they do it. Here's my personal story. Like Blaze Pizza would be a great example. They did a promotion for the Bank of America team this year where I think it was 10% of the proceeds that they, you know, during that day went back to the team. So after you register, you can, you can come and ride as an individual and plenty of people do. But a lot of people join teams. We had 125 different teams of people, whether they were groups of friends or family, or we have a lot of corporate involvement. You know, teams like, as I mentioned, Bank of America, Parsons, which did a phenomenal job this year, um, AM King, Amwins, you know, all of these different folks come in to support it as a team because cancer touches everyone. So the teams will come in, and it's kind of like a reunion of sorts. I mean, they'll set up their tents. They have... You know, they're matching kits and a kit for people not in the cycling world. That that's your spandexy Lycra top and bottom. Um, so your jerseys and things like that. We have a best jersey award. I mean, everything about it is fun.
0: So I like that you just said something. It says you said and you may have already play off this, but cancer touches everything. But it mm-hmm. seems like the organization and what you do touches everything in the other side of it. So that's kind of a nice parallel.
1: It really is. Um. It, You know, if you haven't been touched by cancer in some way, um, you know, bless you. You have been somehow anointed. But um, you know, it really is. I mean, we service people. It's the full life cycle, the full spectrum of what happens when when you or someone you care about has been impacted by this insidious disease. Um, And so, when we bring people together, I mean, there are doors opened, friends made, you know, hope lifted up for what we can do together to to make a difference
0: yeah so i mean you that's what i meant by that you do touch everything on the other yeah. side of, in terms of the restorative and the and the treatments mm-hmm. in terms of getting the, the cascade right we've talked about that before so anyhow i digress so back to the race itself so a team registers they mm-hmm. go out and get sponsorship they raise that amount of money and then they basically can just come on site and they can break up their ride for as long however or they as want. much just as long as they have contributed the amount
1: yeah, so in, in order to actually participate, you have to met, have met your minimum fundraising. Now, teams can also do team fundraising. So when someone makes a donation, if they make it to the team without getting to the, the nitty-gritty of how the platform works. Mm-hmm. So if you created Team Devo, um, someone could make a general donation to Team Devo. And then closer to the event, you could say, hey, I want to allocate these funds you know, over to so-and-so or that person. So you can kind of help each other raise your minimums. Um, or you can decide, hey, we're we're a team together, but everybody has to hit their $400 minimum. Now we also added a walk a couple years ago, and that's been great to have that sort of inclusive addition for people that didn't want to ride a bike. So now teams are getting even bigger because folks can come and participate in the walk. Um, you know, we lowered, as I mentioned earlier, we lowered the cost and the barrier to entry for kids. So the fundraising minimum and the fee are really low. I mean, that was one of the first things I said when I came on board is our family of five, you know, I I don't know that I want to commit to everybody having a $400 fundraising minimum, and I have $2,000 out the door before I can even come and participate. So we've made that a lot easier. Um, But there are so many different ways to fundraise. And, um, you know, we really work closely with our participants to help them figure out how they can meet that minimum. And then there are also case-by-case, you know, on a case-by-case basis, you know, there may be some things that we can do to help, especially for cancer survivors. I mean, we had a gentleman this year that raised $300 and he couldn't, he couldn't hit his $400 and he was worried he wasn't going to be able to participate. You know, we have people that just love to support us and our cause. And so we, we can say, Hey, if you you want to donate this year and you don't know where to donate, you know, here's someone that could use your support.
0: So you collect that data up front in terms of no, we just ask
1: people to communicate with us. I mean, we'll meet you where you are if you're having a tough time, but you want to support this event. I mean, this event feels different than, than most nonprofit fundraisers that you'll attend. Um, it really is a celebration and, and it feels like a reunion of sorts. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have people that have, have been coming, you know, we had someone this year, it was her 16th year. I mean, her kids have grown up in booty because of her husband's experience. Um, and it's just a pretty incredible thing. And I, I would say to people who don't who don't ride a bike or aren't comfortable fundraising to, um, you know, I'll take you out and buy you a cup of coffee and I'm not going to try to convince you of anything. If anything, I'm just going to say, hey, come to our event next year and see what's going on. Because if you see it, you want to be a part of it, which is how the two of us got connected. Absolutely. Totally randomly.
0: And I can totally attest to that because my interest in it was piqued from just Driving in there and the police escorting people in different mm-hmm. areas of traffic. And I didn't even know about it, but after the fact, I found out that a friend of mine, Andy, was riding. And because I, I saw him that night flying past me, he's like, Dito! And I'm, So anyway, it's it is it's the vibe is crazy. So your involvement with Twenty Four Hours of Booty, you've been doing this for a few years. But reading your bio, you've got an epic story of a bunch of nonprofits and philanthropic organizations. You've worked for the YMCA. You've worked for children's organizations and children's hospitals Mm -hmm. out of New York. How come you're doing this space? What what drew you to Twenty Four Hours of Booty?
1: Well, it's interesting. Um, You know, I got to know Spencer just through you know fitness classes in the YMCA. The and the first year that he was doing it. I showed up and made my contribution. I think, you know, 43 now. I must have been 25 or 26 at the time. You know, I probably gave $20 and thought that was a big deal. But, um, you know, I've watched the organization grow. I've been a participant before. I've been a volunteer. And most recently, I was the vice chair of their board. They asked me to join the board because um, the person that they had on the board that had lots, Bill Anderson, who had a ton of nonprofit experience, was rolling off. Uh, And they wanted someone else to join the board, you know, which is very smart of them, who actually knows the nonprofit world and how to run a nonprofit. And I've been doing this for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's how I got even more involved. And last year, when our executive director left, her husband took another opportunity in Pennsylvania, and she left. I actually decided I I wasn't going to apply for the job. I was really happy where I was at Alexander Children's Foundation, you know, if you're not familiar with them, I'll plug them too. They're incredible, the largest provider of mental health care for children in state of North Carolina. You know, and children that have experienced really severe trauma. Um, so, Raz, um, Raz Peterson, our board chair, and Spencer Luter's, our founder, just came to me and said, "Hey, we really want you to consider this." You know, so I thought about it, and thought about where the organization was and where they're trying to be. Um, you know, and trying to get some things buttoned up internally. You know, with risk and quality. And uh, I decided to take the plunge.
0: So where do you want to be? Because I've heard you say a couple of things. You've talked about expansion to different markets. You've talked about offering more diversity in the event in of itself in terms of allowing more accessibility to it. What is it? And I know you're trying to target a younger market. So, w- Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I think it's true. When, when I talk to folks that are my age or older, I very rarely, and I said I'm 43, I very, which is our exact um, average age, I very rarely meet someone that hasn't heard of the event. They may not know exactly what it does, but they've heard of it, and it gives me an opportunity to educate them. But folks that are younger than me, you know, other than a handful that come out to the event and the kids that are involved because of their parents, you know, from the age of 22 to, say, 35, 36, 37, you know, we don't have a huge number of those folks involved. And I I don't... I don't have the answers yet as to why I don't know if cycling just feels like an older person sport, which it does tend to be, you know, unless you're competitive in that field. But we are, we are trying to, you know, determine what does success look like for us? And I think in the past for the organization, success looked like having a larger national footprint. We've had, we've had an event in Atlanta. We had an event in Baltimore for 10 years until last year. Um, you know, and, and, it's not necessarily true that if you build it, they will come. And we've, we've had great support in both of those markets, but it never quite gelled to the point where it was sustainable. So some of the things that I think we need to do, because we do have um, great awareness, organizational awareness here in Charlotte, we need to figure out how can we maximize our reputation here to bring people in to support our mission and vision. And so we're thinking about, you know, a 24-hour fitness event that I won't go into all the details that we plan to have fall 2020. We're thinking about other fun things like scavenger hunts, you know, uh, a bike bar crawl. I mean, uh, our insurance guy probably just, you know, ran out of the building screaming when I said that, but figuring out something that we can do to expose who we are and what we do, but more importantly, why we do it to different people. That was a really long-winded answer no
0: no it's, it's fantastic so <laughs> so we, we had talked a little bit before in our first uh, interaction about utilizing social media and, and i know we're going to continue that conversation but just off the cuff given the given the market that i operate in which is generally the same age bracket you are targeting social media has proved to be the answer for mm-hmm. us and i think you already know that it's 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 finding that sticky message i think that that resonates so um, some of the markets that you've worked in, I know some of them have not panned out. Some of them have been successful. Is the event is the event catered to the specific region and the market and the city that you're working towards? Is that the plan, or is it to kind of take what's worked here, and move it into a different alternative city, and either duplicate mm-hmm. that, or, or is, are you planning I've, to be? You know, a, it's yeah.
1: a it's a combination of both. Uh-huh. I mean, I think you have to be really aware of what the flavor of the city is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you have to. We can bring in what we know works, and there's no reason, you know, no pun intended, to reinvent the wheel. Ayo. Um, but, but you know, we, we know how to pull off events like this, and in our events company, I will say, you know, Cadence and Precision Sports, Plum Whitney, she's been with us. She's been an employee of the organization. She's been an, a contractor. I mean, sister knows what she's doing. So, you, so you're
0: outsourcing the logistics. We outsource
1: those logistics because someone like Plum... I mean, literally everything goes off like clockwork. And, and we're a small office of five full-time and three part-time people.
0: And you uh, haven't always done it that way, though.
1: No. Uh, we, when, when we brought it in to do it in-house, it was much smaller. You understood. And then a little blip on the radar when I think you know, the organization saw, hey, let's try to save a few dollars and do this in-house. And it, the experience wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of know, okay, how do we recreate this now? Cadence and, and Precision and Plum, they do our events no matter where we go. If we have a fitness event, they'll do our event. So, to answer your question... So,
0: they're organizing... Sorry to interrupt. They're organizing the, log- the logistical the aspects logistics. of it. We your, do everything else. Your focus is on the organization and the operations and the fundraising. Yes.
1: We're, we're the people.
0: Uh huh. Understood.
1: And, and their logistics. So you know, all of the barriers that go up and the truss and the clock and the food tent and all of those things, that's them.
0: And who is that again? Give that name again?
1: It's Precision Sports, Plum Precision. Whitney. She's oh. local here, but Got she it. does things all over the country. Got it. And okay. um, she partners with Cadence, um, and they're based out of Austin, Texas. Understood. But, but to get back to the question about, you know, we want the events that we have in other places to take on the flavor of that city. So we have to be really cognizant of the fact that you know, the event in Indy looks and feels different than the event here in Charlotte. Um, and, and it's great. They're both great, but they're different experiences. Um, you know, similar, but different. In, so, in what way? You know, um, Indy is still smaller mm-hmm. than Charlotte, so it it's, feels very grassroots. They had about 500 participants this year. We have close to 1300 between the, the ride and the walk. And um, I think because of the smaller atmosphere, we, it, it, we don't need to add as much. Um, the kids zone's smaller, um, we, have, we still have bands. Um, the neighborhood is just now getting involved. They're kind of just now coming around and I think that's the natural life cycle of things that the first year or two or three years that you do something where you're shutting down people's access to their homes, it can be a bumpy ride. And now they're starting to do house parties and things like that. I can't really describe it otherwise. It's just a different feel.
0: Mm. Do um, you do you have local celebrities that are involved in the race every year? You know, whether it be Panther players, athletes,
1: on and off uh-huh. we have our our biggest partners that we have <laughs> are, is WBTV. Kristen mm-hmm. Miranda. I mean, she has done more for the organization, um, r- really educating people in Charlotte about what we do. So she comes out to the event. She's always supportive. Um, you know we've had plenty of features on wilson's world wilson's a wonderful advocate and um the panthers are always supportive of us maybe not always having a player out there because of the time of year but sir per and percussion are usually there at our event at the start line mm-hmm. um, homer comes out from the charlotte knights homer was a huge hit homer kicked off our walk this year which started on saturday morning um so yeah, we do we do get a lot of folks that are super supportive of the organization that just want to be involved. I mean, at our kickoff, that's on January 24th every year when we kick off the new season, you know, we had Sir Per out there riding the trolley pub with us, you know, running up to people and handing out, you know, our, our little registration cards that were stapled to su- like a yummy granola bar or something like that. I mean, that's one thing I learned. It doesn't matter who the mascot is. If you're wearing a mascot costume, people will take whatever you give them. But when I tried to hand people things, they run away like, you know, it's some version of the plague that I'm trying to give them. So that would be my advice to anyone there. So what you're saying is next
0: <laughs> next year you'll be in some sort of a mascot.
1: I'll wear anything if it'll get people to take more information about the organization.
0: So the event in <laughs> of itself, I'd, I forgot to ask. It's only it's non mechanized. You can't have scooters like you have these little scooters all over the city now. You can't join the race in a mechanized.
1: No, just from a liability standpoint, we can't have folks come and jump on with a Lime scooter. But you could rent one of the bikes. Um, you know, if you don't have a bike, there's plenty of bike shops that will help you out, hook you up with a bike. Um, we had two of our board members come in from Indy this year and I, I, brought them two of my bikes. Um, and if you're not able to ride a bike, but you know, we, we have tandem bikes available where we have volunteers that will power the bike. And if you're, um, a cancer survivor and, and I probably need to ex- explain that term, which is, which is really confusing to people. You're considered a cancer survivor upon diagnosis. So whether you you just started your journey or even if you've been given a terminal diagnosis you are referred to as a cancer survivor so that's what i mean when i'm saying that so if you're a cancer survivor you're in the fight or you've come out the other end you can be on a tandem bike you can be on a wheelchair assist bike that speed for need and kevin young and the f3 guys they come out and support us and they power these bikes which is not easy going up a steep incline like hopedale Mm -hmm. if you've been out to the booty loop that hill is
0: no joke. I recently did a workout with those guys. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's a really cool group.
0: It's a really cool. And group.
1: Kevin Young just—he started his own video company. He'd be a cool guy for you to connect with. Um, he did some some video for us this year that was phenomenal. I mean, so that's what that's what you see with this event, is people people bring their talents and their passion to the event, and it it kind of starts to um, to spread and grow from there. I'm not thinking of the right term. But, you know, and Kevin's the perfect example. It cascades. Yeah, cascades. That's bingo. There you go. I'd see? like to do
0: photography next year for you. I think it's a phenomenal event. And I would donate my time for it. That's yeah, that
1: right. would be fantastic. No, I think
0: it's fantastic. Um,
1: we have a photographer that does almost all of our events, Matt Parker. But I think you guys would be a fantastic dynamic duo to help do some of that stuff. And I think it would be really cool for you to come and see Indy also. You know, we'd be happy to get you there. But um, but Kevin. When so does that happen? That is the last weekend in June. Okay. So our events are last weekend in June, last weekend of July. Indy's first, Charlotte's second. Um, so, so Kevin is the perfect example. Just to give Kevin a little shout out, um, you know, he came on board and had started his own nonprofit, Speed for Need, that has these wheelchair assist bikes. And he was like, "Hey, I think that I could help cancer survivors enjoy your event um, in a way that they, you know, they they've been prohibited essentially from." um, participation because they can't, they, a lot of them can't even get on a tandem bike. So Kevin came in and brought his group of guys in, you know, then Kevin's like, Hey, can I shoot some video for you? And, you know, can I help counsel you on different things? And it grows from there. We have a lot of those types of people involved, you know, case in point, we've had a really long-standing relationship with the Dunstan group. Mm -hmm. They've done all of our promo and apparel and things like that, you know, and Scott Dunstan and his team, um, brian and mclean and the other folks there i don't think the organization would would be where it is now without their help and it's because we've been able to capitalize on this fun name of 24 hours of booty um because our swag does really well too our shop page Mm -hmm. i mean just the name itself i mean they've helped us figure out how to stay in front of people year round
0: your coloration stands out yeah it's very unique to see it it's a it's a good color
1: yeah so I mean, orange is kind of what they yeah. say, you know, that disruptive color. But they've really helped us. Um, you know, it's it's funny you can say, well, how how has a promo company helped you do that much? Um, and, and they they have literally helped us create. Um, apparel and branding that has kept us in front of people year round and that's why we end up with 1,200 people
0: every year. I'm working with a client right now on her swag she's trying to come up with a brand that sticks and it's really critical yeah. and especially, I mean I know you 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 fundraise but you're really in the business of marketing and promoting what you do because that's part of what fundraising is. How critical is it to have some sort of branding that can be translated into swag, that can be carried forth by other people, etc. It's critical. It's super, it's
1: super important because
0: it, it can't be complicated.
1: Well, it, we we operate in a sea of nonprofits here in Charlotte, and all of whom, for the most part, are worthy of the contributed income that they receive. But all
0: looking for visibility. But, but
1: we are all looking for visibility. We're looking at what you know helps us stand apart from the rest, and I think that nonprofits. Do very often make a mistake that they don't invest enough in their marketing, um, because we're expected, we're held to a different standard than corporations. We're expected to he- keep our overhead low and our fundraising high. So a lot of smaller nonprofits never really get off the ground because they they are too heavily criticized. And sorry, I'll get off my soapbox in a second about the amount of money that they might potentially invest in marketing or apparel or different or promo items and different things like that. But it's of the utmost importance because at the end of the day, we're running a business. And that business, in order to be successful, we have to win that dollar. When someone's deciding to contribute to a cause about which they feel passionate, what makes them decide I want to be a part of 24 versus, you know, the 30 other cancer nonprofits that they've seen on Facebook in the last week asking for their support
0: um, I had a thought about that that I've recently discovered in a podcast uh, about about money and the whole, the whole concept behind you have to spend money to make money and the best analogy honestly I've ever heard about money is because it's not just related to nonprofits it's related to me as a small business owner and any other entrepreneur who's trying to launch a business or a brand right You have to spend in order to make but the analogy that this gentleman made was that money is energy right it's no different than anything else the energy that's coursing through your body and the cor- energy coursing through my body and everyone else on the planet right i'm going a little mm-hmm. esoteric here sorry but i know you <laughs> like i know you like this shit, no so. no
1: i do i do can you see i just shifted my position so yeah. i could listen better so
0: money is energy and like anything else yin and yang there's positive a positive and there's a negative negative. and in order to acquire more money you have to add to the energy bank so to speak of yeah. money and in so yeah. doing you have to actually i see your clock um you have to spend money in order to capitalize on that by getting into that energy train, mm-hmm. so to speak, and by spending money, it, it kind of invites money back in, right? That Absolutely. So you're adding, but you always—it's the yin and yang of like you. Nothing is free, right? And there's always a there's always a karmic event to everything that we do, correct? And so by spending money, the karmic event of that is that you're adding to the energy stream and inviting money back into your energy stream, right? Exactly, no, you're
1: exactly right. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest challenges though for nonprofits and even for us that are in Mm -hmm. the peer-to-peer fundraising world, you know, that sort of like, we're gonna send you out and ask you to raise money from people you know. That's peer-to-peer fundraising. You know, organizations like ours can suffer on a charity navigator or something like that because our events are expensive. Um, We do have to put a lot into them from a marketing standpoint, but, Um, The event itself serves a purpose. I mean, we, we don't consider our event just to be this transaction where you're, like, paying to go for a concert. I mean, it's an experience, and it brings people together in a way that there is, and I've said this a couple times, there's a lot of hope and healing that happens when people connect at our event. It's not necessarily while they're out on the bike or walking the course. It's when they're in Bootyville in the tent city, and they meet someone for the first time, who has a really similar experience, and there's a bond and a friendship and a level of healing that happens through that connectedness. That's the stuff I, right there.
0: I would like to see, that's your secret sauce. I'd like to see more of those stories being told in your digital channels. Yeah, I agree.
1: Efforts. We do need to do more of those. Um, I think Caroline Airy, who does our marketing, has done a phenomenal job. But as we talked about when we had coffee a week or two ago, you know, storytelling is the key to everything. Um, you know, as as humans, we're naturally interested in each other. We all have a story to tell, and the best way to get someone to get fired up about what you're doing is is a first-person testimonial about the impact and the why.
0: Absolutely, it, it's brought us together as humans, as a species. I would generally suggest the whole ideology of telling a well, story.
1: Well, I mean, and I think that's one of the problems with the world today. And now I'm really going to go out there. Is we don't live in communities anymore, no. and The expression, it takes a village, existed for a reason. And when people come together for booty, that's our village. And we are doing something together. But we all struggle right now as a society and as human beings because everything's so insular.
0: Is there any sort of swag (laughs) that's given out to your tribe, your community, so that they're now – I know this sounds simple, but they're now part of something. They've been indoctrinated into the system. I know that that sounds – horrible but they're now yeah that's a
1: little cultish but i like it
0: but it's kind (laughs) of cool like you're kind of a grassroots organization so yeah what if what if by becoming a booty member you become a booty member and there's some sort of ceremonial rite of passage and swag that's part of that
1: yeah um you know we have our event t-shirts we have all sorts of swag we give out but um you know we sell things on our shop page so if you want to be part of our community you can purchase something but as far as giving things away i mean and there's also incentives when you fundraise at certain levels you'll get different booty branded 24 branded incentives that you can kind of show off but but yeah is there any sort of badge of sorts that says i'm part of the booty tribe no and it's probably something that we should think about, about
0: to talk to you more about that yeah i have some ideas around that
1: that'll be our next podcast
0: i like that so i know you i know you're short on time today um in terms of future ac- events and, and, and future activities that's going on there's a lot planned one of the things that i really love about what you're doing is that it still feels grassroots you still talk about it that it's grassroots i think that's part of your mojo and the the ideology around which you seem to embrace because you're constantly giving shout outs to people i think the first time i met you you in, introduced me to three or four different key people. I love that you are all about the collaboration. You're all about the community. You're all about the whole ideology of sharing knowledge and getting people involved. That's fantastic. Yeah. So would you, would you say in terms of who you are as a human and what you've brought to not only 24 hours of booty, but to this community of humans, is that kind of an asset that you bring? Because it seems like that. It's kind of like, now, I
1: mean, I'm just lucky that I, I love what I do. As I said, I've been a nonprofit for 20 years and I, I I really enjoy meeting new people and figuring out how we, it sounds so cheesy, but it's true. I want to figure out how we can all work together to, to make this world a better place. I mean, I feel like I'm on a pageant right now and I want world peace also, but, um, you know, we all have something to give and something to share. And so I, I think, as I mentioned before, the connectedness of that, you know, regardless of, what you're doing or what you're trying to accomplish there's there's always some way we can connect on that
0: and everybody has a superpower that's unique to themselves. Absolutely. And, and our job as humans is to find that superpower that everybody has and draw that out of them. Yeah,
1: I mean, the key thing is to try to figure out a way to maximize your strengths and minimize your weaknesses, you know. And also, hopefully, along the journey, become very aware of the, the shadows of your strengths. Because, yeah, I mean, I what like when that. I've mentored people and even with staff at 24 or myself, the shadows of our strengths are usually what come back to bite us in the butt. Usually so,
0: ego-based.
1: Yeah, yeah. But sometimes... So, you know, I have a lot of woo and I can get in there and talk to people and, you know, win folks over and get them excited about what I'm excited about, you know, and sometimes the shadow of that strength is that, you know, I'll, I'll come in and people will be like, Hey, um, that was a lot. I kind of felt ex- assaulted by your enthusiasm, you know? And so I always have to try to remember, you know, to be a little bit tofu, like, like you have to take on the flavor of what you're around so I have to channel my inner tofu sometimes to slow my roll, you know, because the shadow of that strength of being like, hey, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm loud. I gesticulate a lot. You know, this is probably not the best example, but you always have to kind of remember who, you know, who know, you're with, know your audience, know your audience. But yeah, know your audience would have been better than than saying tofu, but it's kind of like, you know, know, how strong of a, how strong of my flavor do I need to bring right now?
0: So we could talk about that for a while, but there's a fine fine line between filtering your content and still being authentic to who you are, right? Yeah. And and you can blur those lines pretty quickly.
1: I know. So that probably sounded like, don't be who you really are. But no, I think, I think it's just know know thyself. Yeah, Know thyself. And know your audience.
0: I've gotten myself into trouble in the past by not knowing my my audience and just kind of speaking my mind. So I understand. What was the term? uh, How much time do I have with you?
1: Um, Probably just a few more minutes. I just sent that message of like, running a few late. I'm doing a podcast.
0: (laughs) Oh, You sound very official when you say that. I know. I dropped that term podcast quite a bit. I I just
1: felt like if I added that, it might buy me an extra five minutes of um, no anger. <laughs> well, we're, we're, I appreciate
0: you taking the time to come on. It's been fantastic talking to you. So, but going back, you said I, ha- I have a lot of woo. I'm not familiar with that term.
1: Oh, that's um, winning others over. Ah, it kind of comes from strength finders and you know, other other assessments. Um, but I do. I, I have a lot of woo because I'm genuinely excited. I mean, and maybe actually, if you went back to strength finders, that's not really the definition of woo. Definition of woo is really the people that want to go win people over. I mean, I don't, I just want to tell you what I'm excited about. And then it ends up winning people over.
0: Yeah. Well, you, well, people, people <laughs> can feel your enthusiasm around it and it's your passionate person and you're excitable about yeah. what you're doing. So it's with. that
1: kind of woo. It's not like the Ric Flair, like, woo,
0: you know. <laughs> so last question, you used to work in the corporate world. Why do you stick in this sector? I only this? had
1: one corporate job and I worked for Abercrombie and Fitch, the clothing company. And it was my job to get the garments looking the right way at the right time for the right price. And uh, I spent two weeks stateside and two weeks in South Korea. Really cool job. But, you know, getting the the Rocky Bay cargo short into the store at the right time for the right price at the end of the day wasn't super fulfilling. So I took a step over into the nonprofit world and and never looked back.
0: I once owned an Abercrombie and Per— uh, Ab- Abercrombie pair of pants when I was in college yeah. I would saved up for this it was like $175 pair of pants I never yeah. had anything I grew up poor family of 12 never had any new pair of clothes it was always hand me down. so yeah. when I was in college I had saved up money for this pair of pants that I had seen in the mall and I was like I finally bought them
1: okay. if I just have those everything in my life will fall into place yeah but yes
0: yeah. so a week later I wore them someplace and I had taken them off and left them and I had lost them so I had owned them for a oh. week and I, I, I was like okay Abercrombie is not in my space I will never buy a pair of Abercrombie that again that makes me very sad So anyway, nonetheless, what else? Anything else you have? Closing thoughts? No,
1: I I mean, I really appreciate the energy that you bring to our community and the fact that you are a connector. I mean, you mentioned the fact that I introduced you to three or four people probably, you know, within an hour of us finishing our coffee. Well, you did the same to me. And I think that's how, how we can all, you know, find world peace, make this world a better place. But just get some get some real mojo going with what we're trying to do in this community. Even if they look totally different, you know, we all have something to offer. And I know for me, just and having known you for three weeks, I mean, you're changing the course of cancer for people in our community just through the introductions that you've made for me um, to connect with people and tell more about who we are and what we're doing. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. I think it's really cool what what you're doing and how you're connecting
0: people. I appreciate that. Thank you. So Katie Ryan, 24 hours of booty. How can people find you on Instagram?
1: it's oh gosh twenty twenty four underscore foundation see this is where Devo's giving me that look of like girl
0: you got to get rid of that of get, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll talk
1: uh, yeah so i that's another place where you can scare, share your skills and talents and and me personally i couldn't even tell you i don't know what my instagram handle is but
0: <laughs> all right i will share it on the screen when i post it <laughs> I, I have one post
1: i posted my first post last week um, at Lincoln's Haberdashery, which is our favorite place to have coffee. I love that place. And that's where I'm going for my next appointment. So Ke- I think I'm Kevin, probably following Kevin you Kevin Bartlett, over there. you're waiting there right now. <laughs> I promise I'm coming.
0: I think I'm joining you in a few minutes. Yeah. All right, so online, 24hoursofbooty.com. Do it's I have
1: 24foundation.org. 24foundation.org. So you, you were org. way off, but okay. I, but you made a good effort.
0: I should probably know that it's going
1: It's 24foundation.org. 24foundation.org.
0: www.24foundation.org is where you can find them online. There is an Instagram handle. I'll flash it on the screen when I post this. (laughs) <laughs> it is very complicated. It has an asterisk and underscore and lots of other letters, but we'll work on that.
1: It just has one lower dash. I don't even know what that's <laughs> called.
0: <laughs> but all truth be told, it's a fantastic event. I witnessed it firsthand. My daughter volunteered for it. That's how I found out about it. I was blown away by the energy, and I was further blown away by meeting you that night and just kind of seeing your excitability around it. I'm looking forward to seeing you in some sort of a mascot next year. Yeah, and...
1: 100%. If you, if you want to choose, I'll... You know, go that's ahead, tell a, me what I should be. That's a
0: very dangerous proposition, giving me any sort of control over that. I'm a dangerous Cause person. Because I go out in all <laughs> sorts of different directions.
1: Just, I, just, just make it safe for the kids. All
0: right, I'm going to work on this. Right. For the children. I'll let you get back to your next right. meeting. Thank you for your time. I appreciate Thank it. You. I really do.